When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Guess who's back? Yep, that's right, the Manchester United Weekly Podcast is back and it's Series 3. Who knows how, but we're still here. Series 3, Episode 1, we're talking pre-season, transfers, Lindelof, Morata, Lukaku and more. Welcome and uh, congratulations for your for your signing for Manchester United. How do you feel? I feel really well. I'm really happy, delighted. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to get started. Okay, and uh, are you looking forward for, the, for this season? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I think we, you know, last year you guys won three trophies. Now it's time to build on uh, on that and perform better than uh, than, uh, than than we did last year. Perfect, perfect. And uh, to be honest, as a Manchester United player too, I'm uh, I'm happy, very happy to to see one big player like you and uh, a brother Thank as you. well. And um, yeah. so Lukaku, seventy-five million up to ninety million. Uh, Maybe up to 100 million if you include Wayne Rooney. The fifth most expensive transfer of all time, it looks like. Potentially the second most expensive of all time. Definitely the second or most expensive striker. United will have the, the world's most expensive player, striker and teenager if it manages to surpass Gonzalo Higuain's fee to Juventus. Worth it, Jack? In today's market, yeah, I think so. Um, I think Lukaku is a very good player. He, say, he definitely has some things to to touch up in his game, I think, to really become a player who can thrive at the top, top level. But in today's market for a striker of 24 years of age who has been in the top three in scoring in the league in the last, what is it, four or five years, I think the kind of money you have to pay. And I'm really looking forward to it, actually. I'm very excited. I think with Lukaku now, I think you look at the spine of our team and it is probably one of, if not the best young spine in the world, De Gea by Pogba, Lukaku. I mean, that is something special and not something that's going to be going away anytime soon. Yeah, I suppose it's not the, perhaps not the best potential, but definitely the best sort of mixture of potential and proven yeah. in, in a big league, if you like. Because I suppose some would argue teams like Monaco, some some players at Juventus, some at Atletico are better than that. But sort of a, that mixture of experience at a very high level and potential to improve even greater is is incredible now we've gone from players like uh smalling rooney carrick being our, our core players 
to Pogba, 22-year-old Victor Lindelof, 23-year-old Eric Bai. Uh, I think De Gea is 26, Lukaku 24, Pogba 24. It's it's a it's exciting. I suppose for me the whole thing is exciting rather than simply just Lukaku because Lukaku while I am to an extent excited about excited to see, excited that we've signed someone and I I like him personally and his relationship with Pogba is is brilliant. Um I don't know how you could hate upon that. As a player he doesn't really get me going, but I think he's he could end up being worth it simply because he's Goal scoring record is astonishingly good. Yeah, his his overall game I don't think is the best out there. Obviously, you know, Lukaku's first touch has become a, a big deal. And if we're being honest, his first touch isn't the best out there. Um but also isn't as bad as many people make out. But I think that, you know, if he can brush up on those things, like you said, his goal scoring record and I think the unteachable aspects of his game, you know, his his physicality mainly is just incredible and You'd much rather have to work on kind of technique and and things like like first touch, for example, that actually can be improved on than trying to teach someone instinct in front of goal or getting more power yeah. into their game. And Lukaku has all of that. Yeah, in yeah, that's a that's a that's a good point. The things he needs teaching are the things that he can work on with a twenty-four year old. And he, obviously, his first touch is never going to be like. I mean, Paul Pogba has an, an incredible first touch. Uh, Lukaku's is never going to be like that. Or like a lot, a lot of other elite players, his first touch, but it can be improved. Overall, as a player, he's not incredible, but his his ability to score goals is genuinely r- ridiculous. And and some people are calling him a, a flat track bully. Would you would you, would you go along with that? Personally, I don't think so. I I think I think he can definitely have games where he kind of drifts in and out, and he doesn't have the greatest impact, but. I don't think he's someone who only thrives against smaller teams. It, there was a lot of talk about this, and I think there was a stat that he was something like second against goals against um, the top six sides. And I mean, we've seen him have some great performances against the top side. Look at um, what he did to Chelsea in the FA Cup, where he completely dismantled them, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so I think he has had bad games, but looking at it, Every striker has had bad games, and whilst maybe he's not going to have the goal the goal scoring record of Rooney in the Manchester derby, for example, I don't think you can say that he never scores against big teams, and that he just stat pads, as it were. Even though I hate that phrase against the smaller teams, because I don't think there's anything really to back that up. Lukaku is a player who I actually think, in some ways, playing against the bigger teams in theory should suit him more because there's more space in behind. Um, and for once, we're actually going to have a mobile striker for the first time, probably since Rooney was at the peak of his powers. Um, I can't really remember the last time we had a striker who was actually capable of running in behind and outpacing centre-backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely true. I mean, so James Ducker, of the now of the Telegraph, wrote a great article about why United need a flat-track bully. And i I I do think Lukaku's quite significantly worse against big teams. And as you say, he probably should be better because there's more space to run into. And he can be found out against big teams if they really focus on him. I mean, firstly, if they really focus on him, if they put two or three players on him, that's more space for other people. So that's not an overall detriment to the team. That's an overall positive for the team. But 
even as a flat track bully, that's what United need. I mean, you can say all these stats about 25 goals Lukaku scored for Everton last season in the Premier League. 21 came against teams outside the top six. Only four goals against the top six. I mean, most proper strikers don't actually score the same as amount against the big teams as they do against the small teams. 15 of his goals out of 25 were against bottom half teams. That's where United struggled. I mean, we had over 100 shots in those those really terrible draws. Can't quite remember the exact it was. It's, it was Stoke, Burnley, um, West Brom and two others. I think Bournemouth was one of them, maybe Hull as well. And we drew those five games at home and we scored twice from over 100 shots. And then we then we complain about having a, a, a an incredible striker who can literally just bully. He can bully these small teams and score. A stat from that James Ducker piece: he scored eight goals against the, those five sides that we that we drew against. I mean, how how can we complain about that? Yeah, I mean that is true. You know, that is scoring against the bigger teams wasn't. Well, I, I suppose I guess away it was, but you know we won. We didn't really have a bad record against the top sides. It was at home against the smaller sides that we actually struggled the most. And so, even if he is a flat-track bully, then that's exactly what we need, to be honest. It's just someone someone who, when they get a sniff of goal, will actually take their chances. And Lukaku is a player like that. Um, you know, it was ridiculous how many chances we missed last season. And hopefully he can at least go some way to kind of remedy in that, at least to some degree. Yeah, yeah. He takes chances. And even with Ibrahimovic, we can we couldn't manage to to up our scoring rate, which was pretty bad under Van Gaal anyway. One of the English football's best strikers and one of the best strikers for taking their chances. I saw an Everton season ticket holder um, saying, look, he can be incredibly frustrating. Probably 70% of Everton fans really support him and 30 find him annoying and, and think he's massively overrated. Um, he was one of those 70% who supported him and thought he was brilliant. And he was saying... Yeah, he could be frustrating. He'll misplace a six-yard pass. He'll run into a player, lose the ball. His first touch will let him down, but then he'll score twice. And we've had that sometimes with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And it, it can be annoying. But at the same time, if you're winning against all the small teams, against Stoke, Burnley, Hull, Bournemouth, West Brom, West Ham, all these teams, then I I, I think that's fine. If we can have someone who can score for us, then we we we've sort of got one step of the two steps you need to to really challenge for the title. And we saw in some of the big games, particularly against Chelsea, although it wasn't really replicated throughout the season, that Mourinho can master still mastermind those games against the big side. So if he can mastermind that and Lukaku can mastermind the small games and manage to score in those, then we'll be sorted. Yeah, I mean, ultimately that was what let us down. Really, it was ridiculous amount of points we dropped at home against kind of lesser teams in the Premier League that we should have been beaten and as, as you said if, if Lukaku can help to rectify that situation then that in itself is a, a brilliant transfer and worth all of the money that we're paying it because ultimately that that's what cost us top four and that's what cost us from having a real shot at going for the title um, so listen I don't really care who his goals come against if they're helping us to win games then I'm all for it, to be quite honest. And if he can offer us a little bit more than Ibrahimovic did um, with the same sort of goal output, but maybe a better conversion rate, then he's going to turn out to be a great signing. You know, I think it was a 
a very good signing because it's one that is planning for the future. I think we've seen a lot of Jose Mourinho signings of people that are kind of in their in their peak at already and are, and are just sort of one or two season signings, if you know what I mean. And the signings that Mourinho has made generally since coming to United haven't been like that at all. And it's very positive to see the kind of people that we are signing, that they aren't people that are just destined for one or two seasons at the club. There are people who are there, or at least planned, to be there for a long, long time. I tell you what, so Lukaku's 24, he's one of the Premier League's best strikers. Um, There are other strikers I'd rather have at United, sure. But he's 24, he's one of the the country's best strikers. He knows some of the players at United, he knows Pogba, he knows Fellaini, he knows a few others. What what stops us from getting Pogba-style excited at this transfer? Honestly, I think part of it is that we've all watched him too much. I think part of part of the excitement about Pogba was that I don't think many people had ever watched him week in, week out at Juventus. And we were all very excited about what he can do and maybe one, I mean, not that he has that many of them in my eyes, but maybe one that as aware of when he doesn't perform. Whereas I think with Lukaku, it's so much more kind of, not obvious, but I think maybe more well-known, like some of his limitations. But you are right. I mean, ultimately, maybe maybe he's not the same kind of calibre player that Pogba is, but he is the same sort of signing in that it's a big signing and a player that we haven't, or the sort of player that we haven't really had in a very long time. And it's one, a a very young player who has a big capacity to improve and is in an area where we really needed to strengthen. So I think we should be excited about it. I'm not saying that he's going to score 40 goals in his first season. He's not going to be the perfect signing, but he fills a hole that we badly needed to fill. And, you know, like like you said, he knows some of the United players. I think he's going to come in and he's going to have a decent first season. Maybe he won't set the world alight, but... If he can help to remedy some of the problems that we had scoring against smaller teams, then he's going to be a great signing for us. Yeah, I I would agree with most of that. I mean, what? I mean, what? What does he really need to improve on? Probably bringing bringing other players into the game better than he has done at Everton. But by playing in a better team, and United, for all their faults at the moment, um, are a better team than Everton and have better players than Everton. Um, so that that may aid him in doing that uh if if his teammates are making better runs and and have a better touch and have a better awareness about them um and i mean last season we saw so many times that we couldn't get out of midfield and into attack and into the penalty area or into the final third i, I don't really think lukaku is a huge fix for that compared to ibrahimovic um I mean, last season he, he covered less distance per game than Ibrahimovic, less sprints per game, his passing was worse, stuff like that. And he he definitely has the potential to improve upon that and because his paces for a big man is pretty brilliant. Um, and I want to see him run in behind more than he did at Everton. And that's particularly so because Pogba can flourish by playing those balls in, as we've seen with Mbappe and Rashford. So... I mean, for me, that's what I want to see more of by playing on the shoulder, just on the offside line and then bursting through onto Popper's balls, as we've seen Rashford and Mbappe do so well for, for club and country, respectively. Yeah, yeah I think I actually uh, was 
quite shocked to see those stats about Lukaku and the lack of distance covered. Um, but I do hope that he can learn a little bit more link-up play because I think that's something that we were kind of missing a little bit last season. And like you said, if we if we do play with the kind of wingers that are looking to get in behind all the time, like in, say, Rashford or Mbappe kind of style, then we could be in for a very, very exciting, um, exciting period. I think the one game where we really, really did that last season was Chelsea at home, where we had two players up front who were both very, very mobile. And although Pogba can offer that himself, I think he also has the capacity to at least learn how to be able to play that role for, for other people and not just do it himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the link-up between Pogba and Lukaku is definitely... Uh, I mean, that's one of the more exciting things about the transfer. I mean, it sounds silly, but just the fact that they're friends will help that. It, it, it sounds stupid sometimes to think that people being friends off the pitch um, has any effect on the way they play on it. But, you know, that, that chemistry... Has has some kind of effect on the on the field, I think, because they, as as professional footballers, even when they're not maybe talking directly about football, they're kind of thinking in similar ways, and when they're always together, they just build up that relationship more and more and more. Yeah, I d- uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you say it sounds silly, but it makes sense if you're if you know someone better, have that that connection that that mental connection that we've seen with some some great striking partnerships down the years, Cole and York and. And Rooney and Van Persie probably most recently. Um, talking about hold-up play, our other main striker or, or main target in the striking department was Alvaro and Morata. That's not happening, um, or at least we, we we highly doubt that Mourinho is signing another striker. Which would have been better for United? Going going down a, a few things. So finishing uh, hold-up play, as we were just talking about, a movement. Out of those three, would you put Lukaku or Morata ahead for United at least? I think I think Lukaku, but I think Morata technically is uh, is better than Lukaku, and I think his link-up play is probably better. But I think in terms of as as I was saying earlier, the things that you can't teach Lukaku, I think his streaks ahead and. For the kind of price that we were being quoted for Morata, which was very, very similar to Lukaku, I think Lukaku is a much better signing at the same price. Personally, he's had a lot more experience playing for at a top level. You know, Morata's never had a season where he's been a first-choice striker for the entire season. And although he does have a good goal record, no one is really sure whether he could keep that up over an entire season of being first-choice striker. I think there was a lot more risk involved in the Morata transfer, and I mean, obviously, we really weren't expecting this Lukaku thing. It really came out of the blue just a couple of days ago. Um, it looked for all the world like he was headed back to Chelsea, but now that it has happened, I think if if offered the choice, I would take Lukaku. Having said that, I wouldn't have been disappointed with Morata. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I think I think Morata is a very good player, and I would have been happy with either of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, finishing Lukaku is a far better player. Um, a better finisher and a more complete finisher. I mean, Lukaku, what's also so brilliant about him is that he scores basically with with anything, with his with his head, with his both feet. Um, I've seen him score with his right and left, not equally, but um, definitely not favouring one to a, to a ridiculous extent. Um, 
And yeah, you mentioned about Morata not having a, a, a full season at the top, even at Juventus, where a lot of people quote that sort of, well, look, he, he managed to prove himself here in the Champions League and in a competitive Serie A. Um, but Juventus were, were fearing that Morata would be bought back by Real Madrid, which he eventually was, and so stopped playing him as much so they wouldn't have to let go of him. So he's never really had that, that full season. Um, yeah, on hold-up play, Morata, I think, would probably have been better for, for Rashford, Lingard, Mkhitaryan, the players behind him. Um, but Lukaku is definitely a, a better, more consistent goal scorer. And probably most importantly, is a striker that Mourinho wants for his style of play. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just whether we want that style of play or not. I I think Morata would have been a good signing. I, I, I definitely think he would have scored goals. And as you said, I think it's important that Mourinho seems to have almost picked Lukaku over, over Morata because it wasn't as if at least as as media reports would have it, which, you know, maybe I shouldn't believe as much as I do, but I think it seems anyway as if there wasn't, it wasn't as if Real Madrid were averse to selling Morata. It seems as if at seeing the price and having the choice between Lukaku and Morata, Mourinho has decided to choose Lukaku. And the fact that he seems to have made that choice and clearly thinks that Lukaku is right for what he's trying to, trying to do at United, that to me, speaks volumes about how Mourinho sees that team develop it because he's obviously thought that Lukaku, as you said, is a player that can fit in with the way that he wants United to play. Um, I think it, it's really, really important that Mourinho is the one who has really driven this transfer. Um, and he must have, just quickly, I think, talking about um, Lukaku and Mourinho's history, Mourinho must have done something pretty special in the transfer kind of talks to convinced Lukaku to go back to him because quite famously I don't think they had a great relationship uh, when Lukaku was at Chelsea and obviously Mourinho was the one that sold him after well supposedly after missing a penalty in was it the Super Cup I think and so Mourinho must have really convinced Lukaku to come back and work under him because that's what really shocked me when I first heard about the kind of imminent Lukaku transfer was that Lukaku had agreed to go back and work for Mourinho. Yeah I mean I think I think probably the the extent to which they had a bad relationship has probably been overplayed a bit because they both said before this this was even mentioned and there was even any chance of them having a a little reunion at Man United they've both said that it, it was in fact just a a matter of Lukaku knowing he needed first team football Mourinho knowing that he probably wasn't ready for it at Chelsea at Champions League level football so yeah I mean it, it it's in, Impressive that he managed to convince him and sort of steal him away from Chelsea. But Lukaku seems to genuinely be incredibly excited about this. He's been talking about playing in front of such a, a massive crowd at Old Trafford. Um, been talking about linking up with Pogba and, and playing for what he says is the biggest club in the world and what we all know is the biggest club in the world and the best club in the world. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, it's nice to hear him genuinely excited about that. In terms of other positions, um, striker is sorted. Centre back is at least three quarters sorted. Um, some would say that we could do with another and shift Chris Morning out of the club. I would say that we don't need. <laughs> I another. think do that anyway. To be honest, regardless yeah. of whether we sign anyone, <laughs> shift Chris Morning out of the club, and we don't need another because we have a, an incredible talent in both Axel Tuanzebe and Timothy Fosumensa. So. Get rid of Smalling, keep those two. So centre-back sorted for me, striker sorted for me. 
we have David De Gea. Um, so, I mean, touch wood. <laughs> that seems to be seems to be okay. He seems to also be happy. And Real Madrid has slightly piped down. The one position we could do is some some reinforcements in finally as well as on the wing, which we'll mention in a second, is is in defensive midfield, holding midfield. We've had Matic linked, Fabinho linked, uh, Borussia Dortmund's Julian Weigl linked. Who would you prefer? I really like Fabinho. I've watched him, I mean, not every week by any means, but I, I watched him quite a few times and every time I watch him, I'm impressed with him. I think he's got a very, very good all-round game and I, I think he would be the best suited to our team. I saw the links with Matic and... Whilst I don't think Matic is a bad player, I definitely don't think he is a signing that would kind of get me excited. I think he would do a job, but ultimately probably isn't the kind of signing that, yeah, I guess it's not, not the kind of signing that would excite me. I think it's quite a short-term option. And, you know, he's had a couple of very good seasons at Chelsea. And Mourinho obviously likes him from their time together at Chelsea. But last season, he was a lot more ineffective than he was and his first couple of seasons back at Chelsea, and looking ahead to the future, I think Fabinho, or Weigl for that matter, although I think Fabinho would be a better fit, um, would be much better options in the long term. Yeah, I yeah, I, w- I would be, not only would I would I not be happy, I'd, I think I'd probably be disappointed with signing Matic, um, especially mm. for £35 million for yeah. a player nearing his 30s who... I don't think anyway is good enough for Man United. Yeah. And I, I think especially when especially when Fabinho almost seems seems to really want the Manchester United transfer. He did an interview recently where he basically said if Man United come calling then he's going to leave. Yeah. And and that Fabinho is is not available but is not unattainable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I I'd, I'd be disappointed with Matic considering the options. Even not considering the options I would be underwhelmed to say the least. I don't think he's near good enough to be Man United's starting midfielder alongside Pogba. I don't think he'd truly allow Pogba to really flourish, whereas I think yeah. maybe Fabinho would be able to do that. Obviously, it's a risk as a as a non-Premier League player, but that, that sort of Premier League proven thing is is always overstated. Um, so, yeah, no, no to Matic and, and yes to Fabinho, it seems, from, from both of us. Perisic, yes or no, very quickly. Tough one. I like Perisic. I, I whenever I watch him play, I'm impressed with him. But again, I don't know if I don't know if he's a he's not um, a very long term option. I know I, I keep repeating that, but it almost doesn't fit in with the other signings that Mourinho has made. And also, I think if we're just going to sign Perisic and have him play for a couple of years, I would rather us stick and keep faith with. Martial and Rashford and and maybe Mkhitaryan than sign what is it twenty nine year old Perisic? I don't think he's a brilliant player. I think under Mourinho he could be a brilliant player, or not a brilliant player, but a very important player to yes. Manchester United. I think he could be a very important player in the kind of system that Mourinho plays. Yeah, exactly. I think he could really flourish under Mourinho because he's a very willing defender. I think as a, as a winger, and so. I don't think I think that's partly why what Mourinho sees in him because he is someone who will he will track back and he's a very willing kind of team player I guess which we've seen a number of times from Mourinho's career that that's the kind of wingers that he prefers. Yeah, I mean he's another one that I'd be underwhelmed with, but 
especially he he's not worth the money yeah. anyway, even if he was twenty five and he's definitely not worth it if he's twenty eight right i suppose I suppose that's it for this Romelu Lukaku special. Lukaku is red um only Aguero has scored more Premier League goals than Lukaku in the last five years um Lukaku on eighty five and Aguero on ninety nine so that will do for that will do for me um hope you've enjoyed our our return. And uh, the start of Series 3, Series 3, Episode 1 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. We're still here on a third season, um, somehow. So <laughs> we've got a full season ahead, a full exciting season ahead with Victor Lindelof, Romelu Lukaku, potentially Ivan Perisic, potentially others. And coming up for you in the in the next couple of days is a Wayne Rooney special um, for Series 3, Episode 2. And also coming up for you is, is pre-season. Um, United kick things off on July 15th against LA Galaxy. Go on to play Real Salt Lake, Manchester City, first Manchester derby abroad in Houston. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Valerenga, Sampdoria before we play the Super Cup against Real Madrid. So we'll have stuff on all of that for you in the first few episodes of Series 3. But this is Series 3, Episode 1. For more from us, you can follow at UTD Weekly Pod, P-O-D. You can follow Jack on at utd takes t-a-i-t and you can follow me at at harry robinson 64 thank you very much for listening we'll see you in a in a couple of days with a rooney special going through our best rooney moments and our our slightly worse rooney moments and and much more on a on a legend of the club so thank you for listening goodbye Network.